Yeah. So what we found was that kids wanted to play. They just didn't know how, or they didn't have the idea that they could do it on their own. They were so used to following structured sport or structured programming that when they were put out there in a space with a ball on their own, they kind of would all look at each other and say, well, now what? Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Agnell, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. So my guest on today's episode of the Inspire podcast is Mike McDonald. And Mike is the founder and CEO of Activate, which is a new startup that's bringing education in the box, leadership and play in the box to students uh, in North America. I met Mike before he started Activate. Full disclosure, I believe so much in what Mike and Activate are doing and their mission to help kids in schools play better and build their leadership skills that I've invested in the company and have joined the board. But my conviction in Mike developed before Activate through the work that he did with Recess Guardians. And Recess Guardians, if you have, a, if you have kids in Canada, it's possible that they've gone through a Recess Guardians program in schools. Recess Guardians, and Mike will tell you more, is a really innovative charity that brings play to kids in classes who then run games uh, for younger kids in schools, bringing fun and education and also building your leadership skills. Mike is very decorated for what he's done. Um, He's won a lot of awards. I'll just highlight two of them. Um, He was the Red Cross Saskatchewan's Young Humanitarian of the Year. He was a winner of the CBC's Future 40. That's like their top 40 on your 40. If we talked about all the amazing recognition you've got, Mike, we wouldn't actually have this pod. So let's just end it there and say, welcome to the Inspire podcast. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Bart. I'm I'm pumped to be on. Yeah, I'm pumped to have you here because I think, you know, you come at this conversation from a really unique perspective. I don't think I've had anyone in five seasons on talk about what we can learn about play and teaching kids and the implications for leadership. So maybe let's just run it back before we get to activate and talk to me and the audience about what led you to found Recess Guardians and what that program's all about. Yeah, so I was really fortunate coming out of high school. My parents actually told me I couldn't go to university. So really? they said, really? yeah, I did. Wow, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of did it backwards where usually you're forced into it. They were like, take a year off and experience what the world is. So what I ended up doing, I'm from Saskatoon and I ended up working at an inner city school in Saskatoon. And I didn't know this at the time, but they were actually eliminating recess from a lot of different schools. And it was due to disciplinary issues, due to bullying, any type of negative things that followed the kids into the classroom. And that would cause the teacher to have to deal with it or take a more Uh, ownership role over recess time so then they were more burnt out and it just it kind of piled on top of each other where schools were finally like hey we've had enough of it one recess or zero and 
I thought there's got to be a way to change it. So during my second year of kinesiology at the University of Saskatchewan, I got a group of volunteers to start doing some drop-in sessions at schools, getting the kids playing, teaching games. And then it's just kind of steadily grown over the years. And this upcoming fall is actually year 15 for wow. us, which I can't, I can't believe it's been that long. And so what you start doing these volunteer, you just drop in, you entertain them. Take me through what you learned in that and how it led to the creation of Recess Guardians. Yeah, so what we found was that kids wanted to play. They just didn't know how, or they didn't have the idea that they could do it on their own. They were so used to following structured sport or structured programming that when they were put out there in a space with a ball on their own, they kind of would all look at each other and say, well, now what? So by instilling them, giving them a little game or two, it is wild how it can catch on fire and just grow. And I think everyone here will listen to this podcast. And the next point I'm going to make is if you think about the recess time you had as a kid, I guarantee probably for a majority of those recess times, you played the same game over and over and over again. And that's all it takes. It doesn't, they don't need all this variety. They don't need like, 1000 games for recess time it's like all it takes is just one game that really sticks with the kid and they can play it over and over again and just have the most fun ever hmm. and that kind of like surprises me that we think of kids and play and and that kids are, are, are kids losing that ability to play did you find that or is there any research around that yeah, and they have lost the ability to play. And there's been tons of recess showing that they're just not as physically active or they're just not doing that free play piece. And the thing that we call it for recess guardians is it's not structured play. It's not free play. We call it purposeful play. What's purposeful so I, play? So there's a purpose to it. So like having kids teach other kids games and run it, there's that purpose to get them communicating, hmm. to get them problem solving, to getting them to do teamwork, learn sportsmanship. We really want them collaborating with one another. And that is just going to make the uh, playground a lot more friendly and inclusive space. Mm -hmm. So when did you go then from getting a few friends and classmates and volunteering to actually creating recess guardians? So it was probably year two or three of the program. It actually is year three. We started to see more and more schools wanted us. So we said, yes. hey, can we get some grants to make this happen? We were lucky to get a couple. And we were able to start to deliver the program still in a volunteer role, but we were starting to kind of scale it up. And instead of doing it after school, we started to run it during school. Okay. And we found that was actually a game changer for us because we found after school, it just, it wasn't, we weren't able to work with the same kids over and over again, and there was no structure to it. And we really liked to have our first session with the school or our only session with the school very structured in order to get the games across, get the skills taught. So then when it comes to actual game time, they're able to go out and deliver it. So t tell me what would happen and I know you say you're 15 years in. So what does the program look like? Let's say, you know, I've got three kids. My 11-year-old is going into grade six. Let's imagine that he was participating in Recess Guardians. What would happen? So what we do is we go into school and typically work with the class in the grade four, five, or six range for half a day. 
and in the gym. So typically up to 30 kids. During that half a day, we teach them about six to eight games that don't require much equipment, don't require much planning, very simple to play, and games that can include everyone. One of the things we like to do, though, is we like to teach winning and losing. Mm. And the reason for that is we want to teach that resiliency piece. We want to show, hey, you're going to win or lose this game, but is that more important or is it more important how many people played? Hmm. And so we really get the kids thinking through that space. And at the end of our session, we actually get the kids, separate them into four groups and bring in a grade one or two class where they are then responsible for instructing two of the games in their groups. And we give them different leadership roles and different ideas on how to do it. But we really make sure in those groups, those four groups, they are the ones assigning the roles. They are the ones taking that leadership role. So we take a step back, but we're there to observe. And if there are trouble points, we can come in, but we really let them think about things on the fly and see how it pans out. Yeah. And so we're, I know we're going to come back to this because I, I, yeah, maybe we should call this pod what, you know, adult leaders can learn from kids because (laughs) I imagine, you know, through this program, 15 years, like how many of these grade four, five, six mini leaders, if you will, do you think you've worked with? Like, what's the impact been? Like we've impacted, we've, we've done the calculations over 800,000 kids to date. So that's, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Wow. And we've been to schools all across the country, all the way from Vancouver Island, all the way out to Newfoundland. We've had schools out there. We've done a little bit Incredible. of everything, which is amazing. And the ma- amazing thing is it doesn't matter where the school is, mm-hmm. what the population is. Every school is the same and has the same problems. Good but also has the same possibilities for success. Okay, so let's d- dig into those. What are the, give me the top three problems that you say are the same and what are the same success factors? So main things we hear when we go into school, number one, our kids are too competitive huh, and really? they can't take losing. Oh, it's wild to see it. Too and competitive? It's just, so don't yeah. have them compete? That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they can't like, they'll play a game of tag. Oh, you're out. You got tag. No, you. And they'll argue about it. And our, our big solution to this is we're like, take the arguing back and just do rock, paper, scissors and go about your day. We try and really make sure that stays away from it. So number one is what uh, our kids are bad sports. Number two, we find, and it's true, but we find that schools say they don't typically have a bullying problem or don't have any like kind of negative things going on. And that's like teachers and educators are so busy and they have so much going on. And I think they always think that when we're coming into the school, that means they have a bullying problem. And that doesn't, that's not the case at all. We're just here just to be an add-on and we're just here to help them and basically say, you know what, we know you have a lot on your hands. We're just going to be an extra tool for you so that you don't have to take this on yourself and look up new games and activities. We can do that for you. So we we sometimes get some pushback and say, well, why would we need you? We don't have a bullying problem. And we're like, well, that doesn't matter. Just we're here to teach some games, have some fun and see where things go. And the last one is there's a lot of sedentary behavior on the playground and kids don't like recess because they don't know what to do or there's no one taking the lead and we don't want teachers that's the time where they should be having their break so we want to make sure they can take a step back but 
we find that by just giving them a couple games and ideas and making them believe they can do it, that recess space turned into such a more active space that kids are looking forward to recess rather than dreading it. Yeah, I, li- I like those and how the, the challenges are opportunities. So, okay, so let's, you come in, you see those three themes. What are the, the things that you see that are common solutions or common themes of what happens when Recess Guardians starts? So because we like to work with an entire class, when we do those sessions, every time we hear I from the educator or whoever's in charge of it, I've never heard that one student talk or take a leadership role, Tense. yet they're the ones doing it. Okay. Or they say, I've never really heard them like kind of get along with that person and they're actually collaborating and running things smoothly. So that would be a huge one is that there's always an unexpected leader, which is really cool. Uh, a lot of times we see uh, educators say, oh, I never really thought of a way to, te- that's a good way to teach that game. Tense. And the kids are the ones teaching it that way. And so it goes to show that people learn different ways. Right. It's not just like that stand, like stand from a group. And it's like when we have the four different groups, every group teaches the game differently, which is very cool. Some of them are sitting down. Some of them are standing in a circle. Some of them against the wall, some one-on-one teaching, but every group is different. And it's because the kids are very excited to do it, which is awesome. And then finally, One thing we like to do, we say that mistakes aren't bad. They help you grow. And we really make the kids understand that. And so what you'll see is typically out of the four groups, one of the groups will really struggle off the bat. And it'll be tough for the educator or whoever's there to step in and like help them out. And we say, just stay back, watch this. And within a minute, they're looking around. They see how another group's teaching it. And they think, oh, that's how we should do it. And they step in and then they dominate it and they do an incredible job. But they've learned just because right off the bat, it doesn't work. If you try it another way and it works, it's just as valuable and almost more rewarding because you learned how to do it properly. And those kids are always so pumped after that session that they are just like, can I go instructed at the next recess time? Because they're kind of coming off that high there, which is cool. Yeah, I love I love these these observations that you've had. I mean, it's almost like a long a long data study when you talk about the thousands of kids and leadership that you've seen, and they they may not come in thinking they're leaders, but you're putting them in that situation. And your comment, you know, first of all, around how everyone has this distinct style, and you have to find your own style. I mean, I think that is just a theme when I think about leadership today. You know, when I started in my career in 2001, there really was very little tolerance for anything outside the kind of command and control uh, authoritative style. And now I think there's really a dawning awareness and appreciation for the diversity of styles. And I think you had the other point that I'm taking, and so it's great to see the kids finding that. And I think another one is this resilience and this need to to work through failure and to test out and see how others lead. So, you know, hu- hugely valuable lessons. And we'll, we'll come back to these and, you know, some advice for the adults in the moment. But Let's let's just transition now to activate because here you are running when we met, right? You were having all this success, you know, the impact of recess guardians here in Canada has been so significant. Tell me about the idea for activate. And I, I don't think I've actually asked you this. You've know, joined the board of investing. Where did the idea for activate come from? And how does the 
how does it differ from what you're doing with recess guardians? With my time with recess guardians, what we've been able to see with it is that schools really lacked equipment for the program or equipment for the playground. They lacked programming and they lacked more resources for the teachers and ongoing support. And so basically what we created was a physical box product that contains both sports equipment, toys, along with programming to get kids off their devices and out playing, whether it's during free play, recess, anything in any scenario. And the way Activate is, whereas Recess Guardians is very leadership driven, Activate is more of a free play experience. And so we're just letting kids go out there and play and communicate with their peers. And mm. comparing, because there's always going to be comparisons between Recess Guardians and Activate, even though they will be tied together, Activate is more grade specific. So mm. grades fours, fives, and sixes will play together, grades ones, twos, and threes, and so forth. Recess Guardians is very much top level down. So those leaders are working with the grades one, two, three, fours, fives, and sixes. Hmm. So it's a little bit of a different component, but the belief behind Activate is giving these kids the equipment and some game ideas and programming and letting them go out there and experience it in a different way. It's going to inspire their mind. It's going to inspire the creativity inside of them. Hmm. And it's going to naturally bring cohesion and communication amongst peer groups. So the idea was, instead of having the, the go into the school, train the grade four, five, six, have them run sessions, have the structured approach of recess guardians, it's really to provide a box that you can just deliver to the classroom and kids can open it up and it, it shapes and guides play among each other. Is that, is that the a difference there? Exactly, exactly. And the biggest thing we're seeing with this is because we're combining toys with sports equipment, we're going out of the box, but going inside of it too. So <laughs> we're able to combine things. Part, part in the pun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're able to do a lot of things with it that normal companies can't do. And these boxes are there. It's a subscription model. So every two to three months, they're going to be given a new box with new experiences and new programming. So it's a very interesting mm. way that is going to help those educators out. Again, my mind is with the educators being like, is this the tool that can actually inspire play on the playground and get them working together amongst each other? And that's what we're trying to do with that. So tell me, Mike, you had Recess Guardians, huge impact charity activate for profit why the change so being a charity you're reliant on sponsorships and donations and we are going to continue to be that way we're still going to be running the charity same as we always have been but because of that we're not able to scale as quickly as a for-profit can and the reason a for-profit we need to bring in capital which is going to allow us to get more inventory, which is going to allow us to be more in innovative with the boxes, because that's what everything is telling us in the market. 
we want to be innovative with these boxes. We want to be do some really cool ideas. We have a partner like D2L on board with their learning management system, which is going to help take our programming to the next level. But if we stayed with the charity or nonprofit route, it would have taken a lot longer to do it. And honestly, the margins are a little bit more difficult with the charity because you have to go smaller quantities. Whereas with the for-profit, we can actually scale this, we can grow this with the hopes that the for-profit can then donate to the charity going forward and help that charity provide that programming to schools who really need it at a very low or free cost. Well, that's that's helpful. So it really is all about impact and like being able to, you know, build, I know as a owner uh, learning and training company, you need to invest in development. So I totally get it. You got to invest to create a great solution. And I love that you're keeping Rhesus Guardians and we'll have it flow back. So, so let's look at yeah. the activate experience. You say like, what are kids going to get? So we contrast my son who has, you know, someone comes in, they run the program and he teaches the grade ones. What would he, what would be in the box that they'd get? And like, what would, how would they learn to play or how would play be facilitated through the box? Yeah, so what we're looking to look, do with the box is once they get it, they open it up, there are going to be game cards in there that will instill certain types of skill sets. There's going to tell them how many kids have to play, the equipment and programming needed. And those are going to be their tools to go on the playground and implement these games. We're not going to go with like a thousand game cards. We're going to go typically 10 to 20 per it? box. And there'll be programming that will, some will work with the kids who are more studious, some will work with the kids who are more athletic, but we wanna make sure we mix up the games so everyone feels passionate about something. The equipment you're gonna find in that box, it could be anything from dodgeballs and jump ropes and maybe some building blocks or card games to a ping pong ball set to uh, footballs. We have a little mix of everything. And I think that's, what's going to be very interesting is when the kids get these boxes, they're not going to know what to expect. And we want to make sure that when they open it up, it is all kid language and kid centric. So that and, the and what does that mean? What's, what's the difference between reaching adults and reaching kids? So we want to make sure that they can understand the rules easily. We want to make sure that there's no complicated terms. We want to make sure these games are very simple so the kids run it and not the adults. So the kids go out there, can open the box and disperse the equipment and get active on the playground. We want to make sure that the adults don't have to take much of a leadership role at all. But if they want to, they can always scale it up accordingly. And that is where our partnership with D2L is going to come in handy. And, and for those who don't know, who's D2L? So D2L is one of the largest learning management systems in the world. And they do a lot of work in the K-12 programming. So what we're going to be working with them on is developing challenges every week for the entirety of the box. So one week they might be like, okay, play this game two times, maybe with these pieces of equipment, invent a new game with a group of four students and so forth. Because we want to have ongoing touch points with these boxes. And what you find right now with any subscription boxes that go to schools, and to be honest with you, there aren't many, it is typically a one and done approach. 
you so you typically open it up you play with it and then you're done for the next 28 or 29 days we want to make sure every day that you have this box there's some incentive to play with it there's some right. reason that you want to go back to it and we want to make sure that these kids absolutely love the experience with these boxes and make sure they feel like they cannot wait for the next one to arrive. Yeah, you know, I think the last thing I want to talk about, because we could talk about the program, is, you know, people listening are really keen to build their own leadership skills. And I want to come back, like, you've essentially done a non-scientific, long study of leadership in children, right? And I know that one <laughs> of the, the things that you're going to do is ultimately work with adults as well. But let's just dig into some of the things you've learned, and you've hit on some of these already, you know, the first one is you talk about different leadership styles you've observed. People can have different leadership styles and be equally effective. Talk to me about, I, I know you've, you've kind of grouped these into four styles. What are the four thematic styles of leadership that you've observed in kids in the work of Recess Guardians? So the types that we really like to highlight with the kids are the spokesperson, the demonstrator, the organizer and the role model. Okay, so take take me through those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the spokesperson's your typical leader who's standing in front of the group, instructing the game and explaining the rules, kind of telling people where to go and so forth. So that's your typical leader we like people in society think is a leader. Okay. The demonstrator is the person who's demonstrating while they're explaining the game how to play Ten. it properly so catching the ball and so forth and the reason the demonstrator is important is some people are visual learners some people are audio and so we want to make sure that we allow people to learn both of them and by demonstrating it properly that's going to allow the game to go stronger going forward because they're going to show exactly how you do it the organizer is the person behind the scenes. Maybe they're the ones who put the cones down to lay out the rule, like lay out the mat or the area. They might be the ones walking around the group. If it's a circle, making sure the little ones or the other kids are in the right spots, making sure the equipment's there that's necessary and so forth. And then they can always play the game. And then finally is the role model. So that is can be anyone playing the game, but playing it properly. And the way we like to say the role model, people might be like a role model while you're just playing the game. But the way we like to showcase it to the kids is say, hey, let's say we're playing this ball game where you're throwing the ball back to the middle person and you take the ball and throw it as high and as far as you can. Well, everyone's gonna laugh and think it's really funny, but when another kid does it and another kid does it and another kid does it, it's not as funny or it just waste the time of the game. So you need to demonstrate it properly. And by doing that, the little ones who you're working with are going to look up, who look up to you are going to say, Oh, that's what I should do. And they're going to take more of a, like, they're going to follow the rules a lot better. Mm -hmm. So what, what lesson would you draw? I mean, I think everyone know, ever can appreciate these different styles. What, what is the lesson that you would share with, adults about these different leadership styles and and finding which one would work for you so as we talked about it before uh because students are put into one space or one type of leadership style don't silo them into that style 
like they might just need a little bit more confidence. So maybe they're an organizer to start and they're like, they like to be behind the scenes, don't like to talk in front of people, but all of a sudden there's something that they're very passionate about or very excited about. Don't say to them, Hey, you can't go and explain this game. Let them be like, Oh, you want to take a turn? Give it a try and let people kind of go to what their comfort zone is. And I think this could be even true with corporations. Like, Let's say there's someone who you're seeing in your corporation and you've seen them take leadership roles, but almost behind the scenes, go up to them and say, hey, at the next lunch and learn, is there something you're passionate about? Or is there something that you really like the sounds of that you would like to talk to the group about? And would you like to host it or even talk for five minutes? And I can almost guarantee more often than not, this person will say, yeah, I really love this. It'd be cool to actually explain it to them. And you're going to see when they're in front of that group, their eyes light up and they're going to, because they're so passionate about it, they are going to flourish and thrive. And it's just going to be a whole different skill set they're tapping into. And that can follow them into the classroom or into the classroom or into the boardroom or office as well. Is there like a last, like what would be a final point that you think we should draw out for people listening about leadership that you can take from the work you've done? I would say just don't hold yourself back. What does that like mean? Allow, your, allow yourself to experiment with different types of leadership and allow yourself to grow even if it's inch by inch. Just take those little steps to do it. And it's wild how confidence in one area can follow you to yeah. another. And I'm sure, Bar, with all your teachings and all the stuff you do, I guarantee this is a big part of what you do. But it's just, it's so crucial. And you can just see kids' confidence, the stuff they gain through recess time and instructing games, they're now putting their hands up in class and taking chances. They're showing up to school more. They're not getting in trouble in the classroom because they're excited for that next recess time where they get to go out and play a game. And I think that that holds true with the office. If someone's going to buy into it more and be more excited because they get to lead something or they get to be in charge in a certain way, then I think that's just going to allow them to feel more of a comfort and more of a sense of community. And now when we're in a space in an era where people are now coming back to the office a little bit more, and being asked to like maybe come in one or two days a week, this is so crucial making them feel welcome, mm. making them feel like they can be a part of the community. And yeah, that's my biggest like thing it. here is just showcasing to them that take what you're passionate about and run with it. Yeah, very helpful and finding a way to connect to what guides you as a leader. I think the last thing I want to ask you about is play. You know, everything that you do in Recess Gardens, everything you activate is play-based. How should people in the in the corporate world or in government or in leadership roles, how can they incorporate play into leadership? So play into leadership for adults, it's going to take a different form, obviously, than kids. But it's not going to be that unsimilar, which is interesting. Like okay. what you... what. I've been seeing, I've been doing lots of research looking into this and you're seeing more and more corporations implement physical activity breaks, recess breaks and so forth. There can be a lot of those times in the day where maybe it's 1030, it's recess time for the office where everyone gets off their devices for 15 minutes. 
and gets together. And a lot of, a lot of office culture right now, everything social typically revolves around drinking. Right. And that is a very tough situation if you're not a person who drinks or if you're wanting to get your people off their devices at 10 a.m., right. typically you're not going to be cracking open the beers and right. opening them up. But why can't you get a good game going? Why can't maybe someone has a card game that they really like or maybe someone has a bocce ball set, anything like that at all. But maybe you start to map it out and say, hey, for this week we have five recess times who wants to lead each one and you can almost develop a recess schedule there where people can bring in a game that they're passionate about or it doesn't even have to be a game maybe they have something like i don't know like a song or maybe they play an instrument right. or anything like that but just almost have it where that can be a moment where people highlight what they really take pride in and it's going to be cool to see what others see in those people because a lot of times in the right. office you see one side and then the other one you're kind of like, oh, what's going on here? Like, I didn't know this person is this. And that can develop a connection between people. And I think what you said was showcase how people lead, how, you know, whether they are an organizer or spokesperson or what have you, that there are different styles and that they can light up with their own strengths. So I think it makes yes. perfect sense. And and as you said, you know, the world is moving away from alcohol as a as a connector. So, well, Mike, this is re this is really fascinating. I think, you know, what I'm taking away is, you know, first, our kids need great programming. They need and they and that they can be leaders. Secondly, that there are different ways to lead. They're unconstrained by MBAs or models of leadership. They just gravitate into different styles and they build resiliency in doing it. And third, that there's some real implications here for adults, you know, adult learning, unsurprisingly, you know, that we should think about play. We should think about trying different kinds of leadership. And we should think about if we're in leadership positions, encouraging people to flex their leadership style and, and really find where they can shine. So yeah, some, some great stuff from the world of the schoolyard for the, uh, the boardroom. Awesome. And thank you so much. And one thing I should have mentioned on when you asked about play is it doesn't have to necessarily always be super active. Hmm, okay. And you don't have to think like a lot of times when people think of play, they think of like, it has to be run based or it has to be a tag and stuff. And they're like, well, I don't really want to play tag in the office. Right. That, that, that doesn't have to be play. It right. can be more mental. The, the game like, of workplace injuries. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Dodgeball. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Knocking over cubicles and stuff. So you want to make sure that it's fun activities, but it doesn't have to be your typical type of play. There's a lot of good resources out there, a lot of good ideas. And yeah, just you can think outside the box on that one. Love it. Or inside the box with uh or inside activate. The, yeah. Yeah. So or where if, he, about activate. <laughs> if people want to talk about activate or if they're in the school and they want to talk about recess guardians, where can they go? Uh, so Recess Guardians, our website is www.recessguardians.org. And for Activate, it is www.unboxactivate.com. And that's active, A-C-T-I-V, number eight. Eight, yeah. Yeah, and no E. So A-C-T-I-V, eight.com. Great. And I encourage you to connect with Mike on LinkedIn as well. I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking about uh, all you've done and all we can learn from it in the leadership world. Thanks so much, Mike. Thanks so much, Mark.
Hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Mike McDonald, founder of Recess Guardians and now Activate. And it certainly uh, goes to show that we have a lot to learn from kids, leadership, and you know they, you can't really put anything past kids, and and yet they're hungry to be leaders. And I think you know what Mike has done with Recess Guardians is really inspiring, and I'm excited to see what's coming with Activate and to be a part of it. So check him out, check those organizations out on social. I think some really exciting things happening and in the works. Next time on the pod, I welcome the Humphrey Group's new vice president of product, Anya Wood. Anya is a experienced product leader. She joined the firm in June of 2023. And I'm just so impressed with the expertise she brings on everything from digital learning to helping create a great experience in the classroom, real or virtual, to listening to clients and, and she and the, her knowledge about where technology is going how it's shaping uh, the future of learning and she's speaking at a conference uh, on AI and its intersections and we'll be talking about how technology is going to infuse even more so than it has the learning experience so looking forward to showcasing her and, and all the exciting things I see day in and day out working with her until then please rate and review the pod we are closing in. In fact, by the time you hear this, we've probably passed 100,000 listens. Couldn't have done it without you. And please rate and review it. It helps the pod get noticed, helps others discover. Thanks and go forth and inspire. <laughs>